How many are ready for the word this morning? Praise God. I am so ready for the word this morning. Let's go to John chapter number 8. The book of John chapter number 8. Again, on behalf of Megan and myself, we want to let you know that we love you and it's a joy and an honor to pastor amazing people. Amen. Praise God. How many of you believe that 2021 is going to be a year where God is going to be glorified? Amen. It's kind of challenging now to make some declarations about 2021, right? Like, well, I don't know. But when you declare God's word, you're safe. Amen. The safest place to be is in the will of God for your life. And so that's good. And so in John chapter 8, verse 2 to 11, it's a little bit lengthy, but I just want to read it to you so that um, we get the full weight of it. There are five things. By the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be able to extract from this amazing story that found its way into John and found its way into this particular part of the scripture. And so uh, John chapter 8, verse 2 to 11, for my translation that I'm reading, it begins early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. So I'll be asking, where are you going with this? <laughs> they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that he might have some charge to bring against him. This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. It wasn't even about the woman. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. Mm. Father, thank you for your word. An interesting event, a story that found its way into the scriptures. On Wednesday, I began speaking to you about the light that leads to life. And I asked some questions. I asked a question of who is Jesus? And that's an important question to ask, who is Jesus? Because how you see Jesus is how you see the story. How you see Jesus is how you see the world. But more importantly, how you see Jesus is how you see the word. Who is Jesus Christ? It's a question. In answering that question, then, it'll also reveal, are you a follower 
of Jesus Christ. And this will ask the question of your desire. What do you desire? What are your desires? It's a fair question. It's an honest question. It's a question that must be answered. What are your desires? And then ask the question of direction. I said, what direction is God leading us as a nation? Um, where is Jesus leading the church? Uh, where is the Holy Spirit leading you as a follower of Christ? Important questions. Can someone say yes? They are important questions. Whether you agree or not, I promise you that how you live, you can go back to these questions and say, man, I need to answer these questions differently then if I'm not lining up what God has for me. And the next one is, are you walking in darkness, you walking in darkness. And all of those questions got me to where we're going to be looking at today is because this is really the question of, do you know the difference between in light of an event or an experience and in the light of life, how you see that event? And the reason why this is important is because how you see the difference will determine whether or not you want to make a difference. And so we're seeing in the story Jesus at work. We're seeing Jesus now at work. And so what we have to do at looking at this text is we have to be able to know the difference between in light of and in the light of of life. And if I have to create and and develop a new meaning for this, so be it, right? Because we are not going to take the culture's narrative and then make the word of God fit the culture's narrative. No, we're going to take the word of God and we're going to see the culture based on how Christ tells us how to see it. If we want to make a difference, if you want to make a difference. Now, the thing I love about God is this. Is that the calling that's on your life, he doesn't take it away. He literally says, how much of me do you want to demonstrate? How much of me do you want to display in the world? And so once we know the difference between being saved by grace and then working from a place of grace, once we know the difference, we can then say, I want to make a difference. We have to see this because because it literally would determine a powerless church and a church of power. It'll literally define your influence, both in your private world, your home, that you make public. Because if you if, if you just want to know the difference, then that can be private. But once you know the difference and you want to make a difference, then you go public with it. And so you realize now, watch this now, that the reason why I want to make a difference is because I know how to make decisions for my life. Mm -hmm. I know how to make decisions for my life because I want to make a difference. And when you think like this, you are intentional about your intimacy with the Father and with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so our text before us, then we're going to see how Jesus demonstrates, gives the example of how to know the difference in the light of and in light of life. Jesus then gives us the example for us to follow. And it's marvelous. It's absolutely amazing. And so the first point 
that we want to see that John is writing and how this fit. Because in some of your Bibles, you see that it's footnoted. It's footnoted because the story was told. And so they're looking at this. And, and, and when I see this, I, I look at, at uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. And I realized that again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. And when I looked at John 8, 12, it caused them to go backwards to understand. Hold on a second here. If Jesus is saying something again, let's go back to what he first said. And so we're seeing a continuation of the pattern of the presence of power. Oh, God, that's so good. That is so good. Because we want to know the difference between a spirit that's not of God, that doesn't follow the patterns of God. Come on. And so you got to know the difference of the pattern. When he was building the tabernacle, Moses was given the instruction, follow this pattern. And if you do that, my presence will show up. And when you know the difference between the authentic, come on, and the copy, oh, come on. When you know the difference between an original, come on, and a copy, come on. The original, there's only one of its kind, come on. And the value increases based on that. But when you got a copy, come on, what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, be who God has made you to be. Be the original who God breathed into and says, let there be life. And so he begins and first he says the story of the light speaks life. That's the first point right there. The the story of the light. So any story that you are listening to must speak life. So if you want to know the difference and to make a difference, and if you're going to follow the light that leads to life, you have to understand the story of the light speaks to life. Now, in the crucifixion of Jesus, and when... They buried him in the tomb. The religious leader said, hey, when he was alive, look at that. Talk about the power. When he was alive, he said he is going to raise again. When he was alive. Now, we think he was crazy. We think that he was a lunatic. We think he was an imposter. We think he was a bastard. Come on. We think we don't know who his mom is and, and, and excuse me, his dad is and all those different things that maybe a Roman soldier had intimacy with Mary. All the different things they said about Jesus, but they said when he was alive. So if you believe that that's who he was, why are you nervous about what he said when he was alive? You killed him now. Oh, that's for somebody right there. Come on. When the enemy tries to destroy something, come on. Hallelujah. The word of God still remains strong. And so they said, when he was alive. Mm-hmm. See, see, can I go a little bit deeper with that? It's not just alive physically. Some of you, there's things inside of you, come on, that has died internally. But when you were alive, you had faith to believe. Come on. That with God, all things are possible. I'm telling you right now that it's still possible because here's why the story of the light speaks life. We begin there. We have to begin here. And so they said, set some guards in front of the tomb. Lest the disciples come in and take his body 
And the claim that he made that he will raise again will be disproved. And all of a sudden, he will silence the church. I'm here to tell you, the enemy is looking for ways, come on, to silence the church. He's looking for ways, come on, to lock in what needs to come out. I wish I had somebody that knows the difference, that wants to make a difference. And so here it is now that they put the guards and all of a sudden they couldn't prevent the resurrection power of Jesus to come forth. Come on, he raised from the dead. Come on, roll the way the the stone. And just to prove it to you, he sat on it. Oh God. I mean, that's bad to the bone. Not just move it. I'm going to sit on it like this. Oh, you got to sit on some stuff because here, when you sit on the word of God, see, the enemy wants to close things that God has opened up, but you got to sit on the word of God. You can't just see God open a door and you don't sit on that word. You've got to sit on that word until it comes to pass. Some it's been a year. It's been two years. It's been three years, but don't you get up. You better sit down. Come on, somebody. Because when Jesus went back to the father, he sat down. And the next time he gets up, he's coming for us. Come on, somebody. Because when he gets up, he said, it's fulfilled. It is over. I'm coming back for my bride. Thank you for sitting on my word. Oh, it's so good. The story of the light speaks life. And that's why I love to hear the stories. Come on. That's why we got to tell the stories. We have to come to our children. You got to tell them to yourself. You got to talk yourself sometimes into it. And so what happened was this happened. And so here came the the religious people and they paid off the soldiers and they said, hey, uh, if they ask you, tell them that the disciples came and they overpowered you, which is so contrary. Come on. That these soldiers knew Roman law, that if a prisoner escaped in their custody, it was their life. But I'm telling you, money talks. Cash is king. Uh, y'all hear me? The Bible, they gave him some money and they said that if anybody tries to hurt you, we'll defend you. Mm, that's so good. The story was so critical, they had to shut it down. The Bible says, even to this day, the story is still being told that that's what happened. Communion met on Thursday it was great. I, I invited myself into it. Amen. I was. Sit in the back and told me to join the circle. And I felt young. I was like, praise God. I'm with some, some it's a young adults. It was amazing. It was really good. And as, as my daughter was sharing at the end of it, I, I was saying, uh, Lord, if, if they ever call me up, that's what preachers do. You know what I mean? I got a word up there. If they ever call me up, I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm looking at them. I'm giving them the eye. Nobody called me up. I'm like, all right. If they ever called me up, that's what I would say. I would say. What a story we just heard. And I would tell them, what's your story? Because the Lord said, for my people, it's his story. Come on. So share the story and speak life over people. And that's 
what we see is happening here that Jesus, the Bible says in John 8, verse 2, early in the morning, he came again into the temple. He came to church. All the people came with him. Look at that. Come on. I'm not reading into the text. I'm telling you what the text said. They all came to the temple because this was the place where they would gather to hear different teachings. They would hear different things. And they all came together. And he sat down and taught them. What he did was he says, let me tell you about life. For the Bible says, ready for this, that the words that Jesus speak, they are spirit and they are life. So the first thing in reading your Bible, don't read it like it's some other book or you will fall asleep. You'll fall asleep. Don't read it like that. You've got to read it because they are spirit and they are life. You've got to read it knowing that you are a spirit. Come on. That has a soul that lives in a body. You've got to know the difference. Someone say, I know the difference. And so therefore, when your body gets weary, tell it to be quiet. Come on. And you got to speak life and you got to say, I need this word to be spoken over my life. Why? I need to first know the difference so I can make a difference. Oh, God Almighty. Yes. Because the world is asking, what's the difference between the culture and the church? Let me move on for somebody gets offended. And so, and so here is the word. It's saying this. It's saying the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So here is the deal then. If you're going to speak to me, speak life. Speak life. Because you're speaking God's word. And so he goes on. The second thing is this. In speaking life, he was able to show them the false. You see, the reason why we're hitting this message about light is for this reason. As I was driving home, I think I had to do something for, for Lizzie. I'm her personal chauffeur, it seems like. Preach or something for her. And so I'm driving, and, and I'm driving on this, on this road, and all of a sudden I just stopped. I looked back and making sure nobody was coming. It hit me. I was good. And I took out my phone, and I went the long way. They keep trying to tell me the fast way to get my camera. I'm like, I'm old school. Leave me alone. And I put it on this way, and I'm looking, and I took a picture. And the reason why I took the picture was I believe that God said, stop your car. I want to show you something. And I took a picture, and what it was was there was darkness, and then I continued beyond the There was light. It was, just, it was just dark in one part, and then there was light on the other part. And God is saying, watch this before the word he gave me. He says, listen, here's what it is. He's saying that this part is dark. Why? It's not because darkness exists. It's because there's the absence of light. And what he's saying is that the light needs to come into the darkness to show the difference. Good God Almighty. But if we don't shine our light, the darkness is going to continue to come. Why? Because the enemy's goal is ready. Point number two is to set you up for failure and to shake you down for fun. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to set you up for failure and he wants to shake you down for fun. And he doesn't care who he uses. He doesn't care who gets in the way. He doesn't care what method he has to use. And so in John 8 verse 3, we see the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. This was a setup for failure because they noticed a predictable pattern of behavior. So they were watching this woman and pick 
based upon her predictable pattern of behavior. Oh, God. Mm. That this was not just a habit. This was a stronghold. Come on. And instead of them releasing the power to break it, they utilized this predictable pattern to set her up for failure and to shake her down for fun. When you are powerless, you will go to extremes. Come on. To prove your point. And believe it or not, there are people who's watching your predictability, not consistency. Oh, God, I get to that. They're watching you are so predictable, they can control your behavior. Come on. I'm going to get to some of the sources out there. Come on. And that's why if you want a move of God, you cannot come being predictable because God will show up in ways that you would think, God, he didn't do it like that last week. He says, I'm not stale. Come on. I do it fresh. If you will have a heart to say, God, I need a fresh word. God says, I'll give it to you. When you become predictable, you become a target for the enemy. That's my point. And so therefore... Therefore, they abuse their power to prove their point. They abuse their power to prove their point. We will go to extremes to set people up for failure and shake them down for fun. But that's not God's church. That's not God's way. God is saying that as pastors and the gifted people, we set you up for success. We remind you of your design. We remind you of your destiny. And so therefore we have to be careful because here it is. See, they brought her into a public arena because they arranged a private encounter. They set this thing up. They want to shake her down. And watch this now. Not only did they set her up, right? And said, I know this is part of your predictable pattern. Look at what they did. At the same time, they brought her to a lower state than just sleeping with a man. Come on. It's one thing for you to set this up in my life. And I fall. But now you've taken my failure. See, I was already in a mess. Now you made it messy. Oh, come on. And so people walk into the body of Christ with a story, by the way. And we have to be careful and we have to make sure that we set them up for success and we tell them, listen, there is a God. Come on. Woo, that knows everything about you. And so they wanted her to be embarrassed to explore and expose Jesus. And if you don't know the word of God, people will take the word of God. It's very word of God. And we'll use it to both embarrass, exploit, and expose you as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be careful. And so they continue on. My third point is this, is now they get to this, this powerful statement. They, they, got, they got to the main thing they wanted to do. The, 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 the scene was set. Everything was ready. Everything was great, right? So now they have Jesus at the temple. Okay, he is always at the temple. So we got him. And they went in, and they were looking. Obviously, they were looking. Okay, is Jesus there? Okay, no, keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. Is there? Okay, no, no, keep busy. Okay, because we got to catch you in the act. We got to prove our point. Is it? Okay, he's there. Grab her now. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Because they wanted to have, ready? In the light of this, they wanted to be able to say, watch this now. 
in the light of what is now in our hand. Oh, come on. We now have the evidence. Come on. And so in light of the evidence, Jesus, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. In the light of this revelation that they created. Oh, God, come on. It was manufactured message. Come on. No, you got to hear that now. Come on. It was man-made message that they called revelation. No, it's called innovation. And not every innovation, come on, is from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have to know the difference between an innovation from God that we're able to create great things and produce great wealth, then have some innovation from man that continues to be man-made, man-driven, and all of a sudden we have to depend on man. Come on. And all of a sudden now we don't trust God anymore. Why? Because it was made by man. So in light of this new revelation, in light of what's now in our hands, in light of the relationship, Jesus, to this woman, the relationship between us and this woman, here it is now that relationship is being exposed all over in the story. So in other words, every single one in the sound of my voice and those who are watching online, all of us find ourselves in this story. In light of What the enemy is attempting to do in your life. What does the Bible say about the enemy? Thank you for asking. Here's what he says. The thief, that's what he calls him. This was Jesus. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. You got to know the difference. Jesus says, before I leave you there, if you want to make a difference, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so what we have to do is this. I'm told that when you work in the bank, they don't give you all the fake bills. It says, learn the fake ones. So when the real one comes, like, oh, okay, it doesn't match the fake ones. No, they give you all the real ones. Come on. So you know the real ones. So when the fake one comes, come on, you can be able to know the difference to make a difference. Come on. And just how they're making money now. Come on. Literally. And metaphorically right and and so now we're seeing it and so what the lord says no everyone teach them about the light because once they know the light it expels the darkness come on and so don't fall prey to the enemy because he would love for you to look into the darkness come on so he can take out your light no you've got to shine your light baby you've got to come and get to this place of where he says in relationship to who If everyone finds himself in this story, what relationship is he talking about? In relationship to what? He's saying, in relationship to the law of Moses. They go right back to the law of Moses. For in John chapter 8, verse 5, look what it says. Now in the law. So in other words, in light of the law of Moses. Not you, Messiah. In the light of the law of Moses of Moses, he commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? What do you say? See, what they were introducing is what the church has to be careful that we don't sink our teeth into. What they were proposing was this. If you are a moral teacher, not the Messiah yet, if you are like us, skilled in the law of Moses, 
then this situation needs your ethics on it. Come on. Oh, come on. The next point is this, is that you're going to find yourself in situations, right? Next point, a situation where what they're going to ask is for you to make a moral judgment as opposed to a messianic prediction. Oh, come on. Not prediction, wrong church word. A messianic perspective. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for correcting me, Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is this, is this, because the situation ethics is this. You take into account the particular context of an act when evaluating it. So they're saying, we did this act in private. <laughs> now speak to it public. Oh, come on. <laughs> and the enemy has been bringing things out of private. Come on. And making it public. And the church don't know the difference. And so we call situation ethics. That's not what the Bible meant when it said that. And so things that were of power... Because they offended people and didn't fill our pockets or our pews, we threw it out because the situation in light of that relationship, we don't really need all that. We don't really need to spend time intimate with the Lord. Come on, know the difference. We don't really need that. And that's not a condemnation. I'm going to tell you, I need power. I got things in my life. Come on. That I tried with my intellect. I tried with my experiences. I tried with, I know somebody. Come on. I tried to get the hookup and it didn't work. And I need the power of God to move in my life. And so what happens is when you look at things from the situation or you look at it from this, here's what happens. You judge it not according to absolute moral standards. In other words, you have room to lower the standards when you're judging this thing because you're judging something public that you have no idea how it happened private. And so they tell us, don't address private issues. And so they look at the Bible then. And they said, this is no longer relevant because it becomes a standard. And in situations like this, this is not relevant. In light of this relationship, what do you have to say, Jesus? Be a teacher, but don't be truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus then, I love this part, did not make light of the moment. You're going to find yourself in situations where you need to evaluate it based on a revelation of God's word. For you to overcome temptations, for you to overcome things, and we're going to talk about because there's three issues that the body of Christ will face in 2020, 2021, 2022, until the Lord returns. There are three things that happens because we live in a fallen world right? And we are not of this world, right? But we are in the world, right? But he is the light of the world, right? And so you are the light of the world. Do you see what he's trying to get you to understand to make the difference? I'm hurting. Because here's the difference. We cannot make light of the moment. Church, we can't make light of the moment that we're seeing right now. We cannot make light of the moment and speak death. We cannot miss the moment and just say it's private. We've got to go public with our message. We've got to get to a place because people need power. People are confused. People need direction. And people are saying, does somebody know the difference? You see, I quote, if Jesus declined to condemn her, he is publicly shown to have disobeyed Jewish law. But if he condemns her, and this is why the Pharisees had uh, uh, suspected, 
that he would fall foul or he would disobey the Roman law. Oh. So Jesus then recognized, and write this down, our actions affect, affects both heaven and earth. When you make light of the moment, you disconnect heaven's resources, come on, to earthly relationships. But when you realize this moment can be my defining moment, oh God, ooh. when you understand that God has orchestrated everything to this point, you have to look and realize that my actions, both my beliefs and my behavior, oh, write that down. Write that down. So therefore, as a church, we don't react because they caught in the act. We respond to the act of others. Oh, God. And so we respond to Jesus. Am I helping anybody out? So I go back to my question. How do you make decisions for life? Because my actions affect heaven and earth. How do you do it? Because today you're going to make this personal. You're going to have to, you have to come to this point. Do you want to make a difference? Do you think your life is worth making a difference? Do you think that God gave you breath to make a difference? Or are you just this, this like everybody else, you know what I mean? And nobody wants to hear from me. I have nothing to say. No, there are businesses, there are books, there are things inside of you that you need to release into this atmosphere. There are people trying to make decisions and you have the resource inside of you that if you go public with the good God Almighty, they can get the answer that they need to move in their life to say, I can make a difference. And so I turn the corner now and I look and I realize that doesn't work. Jesus gets to a place. He says, in light of all the things that you're doing, it doesn't work. You're not going to trap me. Come on. You're not going to control me. You are not. I only do what the father tells me to do. Oh, I only do what I hear my father tells me to do. Why? Because I came to this earth to make a difference. Who is Jesus Christ? Watching him. Who is he? Who is this man? Who is this Messiah that we actually contrived and we made a plot and a plan and now he is caught red-handed but he doesn't take light of the moment? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is he? That I can say a name right now and you have so much emotions. If I say another name right now, it really quenches. But if I say Jesus, ah, that's just Jesus. I promise you, I can say a name and get a reaction from you. And I can say another name and get a reaction from you. But when I say Jesus Christ is Lord, no, no, no. Jesus Christ is Lord and every name has to bow at his name. Come on. And when you want to make a difference, if you want these United States of America to be righteous, start declaring his name. Good God Almighty. Say, I will not base my actions on in light of. Come on. That thing's full of the devil and demons, but we don't know the difference. Come on now. 
Uh, my time's going, come on. We put ourselves in situations so the church lowers its standards. And I'm saying our children are being robbed of it. I'm not saying everything we did was, 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 was right. I'm not saying that. But man, we've lost some things. We, we filled auditoriums that just got shut down in one year. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no laughing matter. I'm telling you, God is like, I will not obey man's opinion. I just can't and be God. Yeah, you're mine. You must be. And so in a fallen world with the God of the world, this is the best that we can do. This is the best that we can offer you. So you come in and you get this and then you go and you get this and then you go. But here's the reason why this doesn't work because I have to get to my next point. Now, ready? It's in the light of life. We see not a worldview. So over here in the light of, that's a worldview. Over here in the light of life, that's a word view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so what we have to understand that is in the word view, just like in the world view, what is similar is that they have the same experiences. Why? Because we're living, we're living in a fallen world because God so be it, decided that when you got saved to keep you here so you can shine. He saved you so you can shine your light and reveal his glory. But if we don't know the difference, and watch this, because this is very important now. And so what happens is that both of these deal with issues. Our worldview doesn't deny the existence of life. Come on. No, no, no. We don't deny the reality of life. What we're telling people is in the word view, there is power to prevail. Come on. But over here, you got to compromise. And over here, you run the risk of being set up for failure and shake down for fun. Guaranteed, if you're over here, you may have fun for a little bit. You may have place for a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, at the end of it, you will fail because it's designed that way by demonic spirits. Or evil spirits. Okay, sorry. But over here, it's the word view. And what does the enemy take away from us? The word. Come on. The very thing we need to be able to speak to, he takes it away from us. Uh huh. And so therefore, I can ask your children, quote this popular song, quote this hip-hop, and they can do it. And, and I'm saying, listen, if she does it too, and I'm like, okay, now give me John. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second here. Oh, I'm meddling. But if you have an issue, you want me to meddle. When you know you need power, you like, preach it, preacher. And so what do they both have? And here's in the light of life. And here's what he says. He says this is that there deals with what we call the surface issues. The sin issue and the secondary issue. And so what happens now is the enemy. Watch this now. In a fallen world, what we focus on is the surface issues. In light of. And so pastors and churches, every methodology, every program is get around this. So an event happens, everything shuts down. God, what are you saying? No, 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 God, don't you see? No, no, no. Don't. So let's come over here. And our focus is over here. And he goes, I got him now. I got him distracted. 
I got, them, I got them distracted. And if I keep them distracted, well, I, can, I can have them deceived. And if I have them deceived, they can be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Because that's what Paul says. Paul says, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so what happens is we have these three things. And so in this particular story, I haven't forgotten John chapter 8, we see how Jesus moved around it. And so, and so ready for this? I can look at the year 2020, right? And I call it the year of death. That's what it is. It's the year of death. In light of, in, in light of world events, in light of what all the, it's the year of death. Now, in a place where there's life, that shouldn't get you down. Come on. It should make you realize, oh, yeah, exactly what it is. <laughs> but if I talk about the year of death and you're like, huh? Then you probably don't have the word view. <laughs> and he's saying, because it's a fallen world. Why are you surprised? Supports not to men all to die, and after this, the judgment. And so he's not saying you don't grieve, you don't miss. Like, oh, of course not. No, 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 no. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He realized how far we've gotten away from God that has caused the surface issues to cause us to go into deep darkness, deep depression, deep disorder. Please not make fun of anything. I have to preach the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I can't be intimidated by in light of some event and experience in your life to cause me to take my eyes off the word to come down to the world. I can't help you then because I'm turning down the light and I'm joining your pity party. I'm joining here. I've got to take you out of there. Come on. And I've got to lead you. I've got to bring you to the light. It says get out of the world and get into the word of God that you know how to grieve properly. The Bible says we don't grieve like everybody else. So, if so many people are dying of COVID, shouldn't we be concerned to preach the gospel even more? Shouldn't we want our light to shine, good God Almighty? Because there's a family who is grieving and they don't know because in light of COVID, they think all hope is gone, good God Almighty. They need the church to be able to say, I don't care what pandemic, I don't care what plague, I don't care what evil comes nigh my dwelling. There is a God that I serve. And I would not let, in light of world events, Move me away from the word of God. I love you too much to do that. I have too much truth to do that. People, lives have been shaken up. Altered. Income loss. Come on. It's death. It's dark. Let's call it what it is for Pete's sake. And for John's sake or whoever you name is. So, sir, oh, I got her. So, surface issues. Here's how the world deals with it, guys. That's why I'm pleading with you. Do not follow the narratives of the world. Don't do it. You don't do it. You're better than that. Don't do it. You're better than that. 
I didn't say don't be passionate about making a difference. Come on. I didn't say share your voice. I didn't say give your opinions. You're a human. Do it. But please understand that you got to please God. And whenever that action, it will affect heaven and earth. So if that action doesn't please God, it has no effect. So don't do it. Don't waste your time. But be passionate. Be involved. Love this nation. Love this country. Vote. Get involved. Come on. Do something. Don't just sit there. But whenever... That action cause you to be conformed to this world. You have taken a situation ethics and you've lowered the word of God to fit the narrative. So you have something to say when no one's listening. And so he looks and he says, we have to be over here. So it's the year. Of death. How do you know that? Because, watch this now. How do you know that, preacher? Here's why I know it. Because they brought her and says, Jesus, um, the law says kill her. <laughs> Can't be any more plain than that. They didn't get a stone to, to, to like, here. It, it wasn't a diamond stone, guys. It wasn't like, oh, look. It was a stone to kill her. Like, they didn't just put the plot just to get to that point. If Jesus says kill her, they had to go through with the actions. Oh, God, I'm not. They couldn't say, ah, we're just joking, Jesus. We just want to see if you're going to be trapped. They were like, oh, he gave us an excuse. Boom. Because that's the worldview. That's the best they can do. And so what happens is this, is that the God of this world, hear me now, please hear me with spiritual eyes and with spiritual ears. You got to get this, what I'm about to say. And you got to hear what I'm about to say. You got to get this because this is, we have to know the difference. This is what's corrupting our soul. This is what's messing with the church. It's right here. You have to understand that there are messengers of Satan that exist. He doesn't like any one of you. I don't care if you're the right or the left. He, he hates both. He wants both your hands cut off. Not only have enemies from within, we also have enemies from without. That says death to America. That's what they say. So here's the church now. We recognize this. And so what I'm about to tell you is this. Is that the God of this world. What he wants you to realize is this. Is that your life is not your own. He wants you to be able to come to grips. Where he says God you don't own my life. And so when you get to this point where it says. I can do my own thing. What happens you move over to this place now. Where you now can be what manipulated you can now be maneuvered in ways that moves you away from the things of God it was right from Genesis chapter 3 come on the serpent was supposed to be in the garden she's like oh okay he's supposed to be here he's like oh serpent what are you doing here it goes of all the beasts of the field that the Lord had made it's like okay cool let's have a conversation and so there's three things we have to understand when it comes to this culture of death and what we have to know how to understand it is this. Um, you ever watch the movie Monsters, Inc.? And I believe their tagline was, we scare because we care. That's what media is saying. We scare because we care about what's going on. In the light of, we're going to scare you because we care. Oh, gosh, yes. Thank you. It's a monster. Incorporated. Come on. And all through the Bible, someone help me. What's the number one command we hear from God? Do not be 
So why did the enemy would continue to perpetrate that? It's called Monsters, Inc. The other one is Media Incorporated. And the media says, we promote fear because we have your eyes and your ears. And that's all you want to hear. That's <laughs> all you want to hear. So I have your television, come on, and I have your discernment. That's all you want to hear. In light of recent events, no, 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 no. We bring the word of God. And in light of life, boom. The last one is this, money incorporated. This is a, a fear-based economy because it's the root of control. And so all three of these things were in the story in John chapter 8, verse 5. When the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, even in the death of Jesus, these three points is what brought Jesus to the cross legally. Not divine. The Bible says he was already crucified from the foundation of the earth. It was a manifestation of how they got there. It was because of that. If this Jesus gets more attention than us, we will lose our power. And the Romans won't let us be able to keep our religiosity going. And because they heard what was going on, because Jesus was getting the ears and the hear, right? He was getting the eyes and the ears. He was getting all those. They were not afraid. And so they went to Judas. said, Judas, we'll pay you some money. Oh, come on. We'll give you 30 pieces of silver. In light of what this guy is saying, I'm going to implement these three things. And guess what? It has not changed. So God is asking his church, why is your light not shining? And the answer is, we don't know the difference. We don't. And it's simply surface issues, and we're stuck at surface issues. And before Jesus spoke, oh, God, I can't go on this. Oh. See, in Matthew 23, verse 33, he gives the answer. He says this. In Matthew 23, verse 23. Easy to remember. 23, 23. He says, in light of light, not in, light, in, not, not in light of this, but in the light of life. He says, this is how you're supposed to lead. This is it right here. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! Yeah, he's not going to any church the way he talks like this with this guy but see he had a relationship with them he did they were supposed to be the ones guiding the nation they're supposed to be the ones that are supposed to be making sure that God's there he says for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens but you ignore the more important aspects of the law I'm amazed at some of the things now that you should just be regular in the church that now we're like ah you don't have to do it anymore and it should just be regular. We just, she should do it. 
And now, you know, we don't have to do it. And, and so what happened is, and watch this now. Um, th- there was this preacher, and he made a statement. He, he said this, and I, please, I'm not being, I'm just going to say it. You're spiritual. You should get this. It became so casual in their community. That they became very casual in their community. And what happened was that when it gets so casual, the, the, the fear of God came in. And, and this person said, he says, the reason why I failed, the reason why I fallen from grace was because I became too casual and I didn't do what got me to this place in, in the first place. That's what he said. And he says, you have forgotten, you have ignored the important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. There it is right there. There Everybody should be happy there. There it is, right there in the scripture. says, just is not saying ignore those things. He's saying that you're supposed to look at those things, justice, mercy, and faith. And, and, and he says this, you should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things. Things that are neglected become poverty mindset. They become dark, dingy, and dusty. And that's what it says, you are dirty. We're not talking about physically, we're talking about your mindset. It's a sin issue. It's a sin issue. Um, I'm just going to stop there. I'm just going to stop with the surface issue. Because what I'm going to encourage you to do is to pray this week that you know the difference between the surface issues. Based on this, in light of this, but in the light of life. We have people that would have one position... And if something happens to them personally, they change it. There's one, one, one person I know. Pastor. Wife had cancer. Prayed. Sought the face of God. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed. She died. He doesn't preach about healing anymore. That guy, in, in light of that, I can't preach this anymore, God. Because it's not a heaven or a hell issue. It's a make a difference issue. In the midst of this death, in the midst of this tragedy, how do you navigate, come on, with the surface issues? Because what is lurking underneath the surface issue is the sin issue. And I need to address the sin issue all by itself because, see, when we fully understand what sin is, we'll be able to know how to avoid it. We'll be able to know why Jesus died. Why did he die? Come on. Why did Jesus die? To save us from our what? Come on. That's what he died for. He didn't come to tell you, hey, you're going to be a better person. Hey, you there. I'm the Messiah. You know what I mean? Jesus came to die for our sin. So he had to deal with the surface issues first. And that's why in this particular story, we get to this place where he's telling you, and I'm going to close with this, my third close. I'm going to close with this. Listen, you must know the difference. Saints of God, people of God, I'm imploring you. I'm begging you. If I could take my eyes out, Paul, so if I could just do it, I want to give it to you. Please, for the sake of this nation, no the difference between in light of and the light of life know the difference so when you open up your mouth you will make a difference and you will be able to with confidence 
know that with God all things are possible. And it doesn't matter what outside looks like. It doesn't matter what happens January 20th. Come on. It doesn't matter because you realize my light is going to shine no matter where I am. If I'm down there or I'm not, my light is going to shine. Why? Because I know the difference. 